You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting, screenwriters, and of course, the television film business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester. There are a lot of you who are actually aspiring, whether you are an aspiring filmmaker or an aspiring screenwriter, to go mainstream, i.e., get set up in Hollywood or any mainstream movie industry that is in your country or in your area. In my case, it's Tollywood. But in my case, also, as an independent creative professional or creative practitioner, as SAE, a uh, leading practitioner or a, a leading institution, calls us creative practitioners which includes filmmakers, screenwriters, anything under the film and television business. That's who we are. But the point I was trying to make today, the point I want to make today, is, is it really worth your time and effort making all your content just so in the hopes you get discovered by somebody in the mainstream film and television industry. To be honest, given the odds, like next to nothing, and the fact that you are relying on your luck to make this happen, I would have to say a hail to the no. Because if you're spending all this time and effort just so somebody could recognize it and not doing your best, not believing in your characters, not believing in your plot. Now, with me, I take a different approach. I believe in my characters. I believe in my story and plot. Just like my favorite Tollywood director, S.S. Rajamali. That's right. I didn't used to have a uh, favorite director from Tollywood before. Now I do. It was all dependent on the movie. If the movie was good, then it was good. But so far, like many of you who have a favorite director or filmmaker or screenwriter that you're aspiring to, I had none of that growing up. But now I do. So S.S. Rajmali said this, what I just quoted now, that you got to believe in your characters and in your story. You cannot be making films just to make money. You have to make films because you enjoy it, because it's your passion. But again, that's something a lot of filmmakers actually are forgetting. What I'm going to tell you is a little bit different. What I have to say to you is 
do not think about creating an impression with mainstream film industry because all they want to do is play it safe. All they want to do is they want you to produce something that works time and time again. They don't want to take risks. So this is where independent filmmaking comes into play. And what I mean is with independent filmmaking, you have the leeway. You have the flexibility of taking risks. But that risk comes at whatever expense that you are willing to bear. Now, this is the business of independent filmmaking versus the business of mainstream filmmaking. So what I would suggest you do, continue with what you're doing. Make films, make content that you believe in and do not worry about impress, impressing a professional or an insider in the filmmaker filmmaking business. If you are lucky, great. You can jump at that chance, but do not aim for it. Keep making content that you believe and that you are passionate about. But that does not mean make mediocre content and make that look beautiful. No, no, no. This is precisely what mainstream film industry is all about. I'm also going to say that even the critics in the film industry, nothing against them, they're not qualified. That's right, folks. Truth is out. The secret's out. The critics in the film industry, mainstream film industry, do not need a qualification to be a critic in the industry. Sad, but true. Annoying, but true. Frustrating, but true. So instead of trying to impress them, continue with your work. But sometimes, if you get contacted by one of these industry professionals and say, and who says, hey, we found your content, we're interested. Normally what ends up happening, this is true time and time and time again. They end up ruining your content so that it fits under their image. That's what they will end up doing. Now with the rise of platforms like YouTube, and Vimeo, I must say, it is not that difficult for you to post content and for someone to find you. Now, a lot of editors, I'm told from some time ago, they are getting their editing jobs simply by posting content, by posting their work. On YouTube. That's how they're finding it. So, my advice to you for now 
given the era. Forget mainstream filmmaking. Forget mainstream TV. Focus on your plot, your story, your characters. Focus on believing in them. But caveat here. Do not make it mediocre. Make it so that you are your authentic self when you make this content. Don't just follow others. Don't just do what others are thinking of or what others are doing. Because I guarantee you, whatever it is that you are thinking of making, like for example, boy meets girl, that's been done to death. A lot of filmmakers have thought of this. A lot of filmmakers are doing this. Now, if you want to create societal change, because I'm going to tell you this, sometimes films can influence societal change, which is why I'm going to recommend that you make films that create real change, that bring positive change to society. Not political change, not personal change, but societal change in a good way, in a positive way. So with that being said, focus on independent content creation and always stick to independent content creation because you do have the flexibility of taking risks. The mainstream film industry doesn't want to do that. They want to play it safe. And like I said, the critics aren't qualified either to critique your work. Most of the time, it's destructive criticism. So with that being said, moving on to the next segment, which is actually a review of a movie that I watched, which I believe is a propaganda film. It's something that may have a great influence in society, in the attitude of society, in the mentality of society. So that's up next. So stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Whales Productions. Show them you. Welcome back. So before the break, I gave you some advice on whether or not to consider moving into mainstream film industry. I advised against it because, one, you're wasting your time in the hopes, like you're putting all your eggs in one basket in the hopes that somebody would, somebody would recognize the work which have, the odds aren't great against you. They're stacked. And I recommend it, sticking to independent content creation because that has greater flexibility in content creation and risk-taking. 
So moving on to a film that I saw. Now at first, after I watched it the first time around, I felt that, okay, this film is inspirational. And the hero did come out on top. He did create change. Not just, he didn't just sit ideally by. He did something to create change within his world. But I'll tell you this. That film, the more I watched it, like I watched it for like two, three times. And I realized this is a propaganda film. Which is why I'm going to tell you what it's all about. So basically, the film is called Rocky, R-A-K-H-I. Now, Rocky is not just the name of a woman. It's not just a name given to daughters of India. But it is also a festive season where it's an auspicious occasion where a sister wakes up early in the morning, prays for the longevity of her brother, and prays for him to have success. She then ties a little bracelet that is uh, created from a paper. Now, the design is paper-based, comes from paper, and she ties this bracelet on her brother's arm. Now, that's the idea. So what the filmmaker did, he took that, he or she took that auspicious occasion and used it to create propaganda. So here's what happens in the movie. I'm just going to give you the shorthand version or the clip notes version of this. A quick synopsis. So, Junior NTR is the actor, the main actor, who plays the protagonist. He has a little sister. Now, this little sister, he cherishes her. He... Every time the sister is in, experiences any little trauma, he's there for her. But then things started to go awry because the in-laws, in the hopes that they would receive a bigger payment for their dowry because they were hoping for one million rupees. But... What the family could have afforded was a half a million rupees maximum. So the brother gave them a half a million rupees in dowry. Because in India, when you get married to a household, it still exists, but less so. If a uh, bride gets married, 
the bride's father or the bride's family is responsible for giving dowry. Now, dowry doesn't mean a bad thing. It could also mean a uh, payment to start your life, to start for the couple to start their lives. But anyway, I digress. So the in-laws, in the hopes of receiving a bigger dowry payment of 1 million rupees, what they try to do is they try to torture the girl. They flip out. They uh, get angry. They get they overreact to every single act, like making her life a living hell. Now, she manages to bear it, grin bear it, and she also manages to keep her brother out of it until one fateful night when the in-laws tie her up and freaking burn her alive. Terrible, I know. So after this incident, there's a court case that gets dismissed because the lawyer who was supposed to represent them, who was supposed to prosecute the case, demanded like like one third of a million rupees to make it all go away, to win the case. But they didn't pay. They couldn't pay. So the lawyer, what the lawyer did instead, didn't prosecute the case, went over to the other side, and the case was cited in the in-law's favor. And that was the turning point. That was the tipping point. So what the brother did was he poured gasoline on the car they were sitting and lit it. Now, I know this is all gruesome and I, and I would advise listener discretion. So I'm trying to point something out here because this guy, this protagonist, this brother, from then on, torches every guy that no matter what the, no matter how serious it is, big or small, no matter how minor it is, he sets the guy, he burns the guy alive. And this goes on until he's caught. He's caught and he gives himself voluntarily. There's another court scene, which is inspirational. He argues that there are no laws protecting the women. You can see where it's going. But in the end, the judge makes a powerful declaration that how the country needed a guy like him. Someone who sets 
other men on fire. But, so, at first, I didn't care. But, after I watched it two or three times, then it started to hit me. This is propaganda. And this is exactly why. This sets the precedence that it is okay for someone to set somebody else ablaze for a minor offense and the court system to ruin a guy's life. Now, I'm not trying to teach anything, but I really hope when you look at this movie, you will see for yourself. So with that being said, I believe this movie was propaganda. Judge for yourself. And that'll be it for now. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for listening to the Story Dude Show. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester. And until I hear from you again or talk to you again, don't forget to turn that page